Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mikey Likes You is very happy to have amazing sponsors, a whole collection of them. One of them is my friends at Bet Online. You know, football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, they're all in full swing. And there's only one place you should be betting on team sports. It's betonline.ag. Bet Online, they cover everything. It is your betting mecca. Awards, TV shows, reality TV even. Bet Online has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, there's always the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today and receive 50% off as a welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Buenos tardes, mi amigo. Hola, my good friend. De Mayo on Tuesday, and I hoped we'd see each other again. Oh, hello, everybody! Hello, my babies. It is Mikey Likes You, and I just would like to take one quick moment to talk about the nicotine gum I'm chewing on right now, Lucy. Lucy. Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that do not suck. Trust me. Wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate, they all taste great with four milligrams of beautiful nicotine. You know how much I love nicotine. I believe it is a great, great drug with a lot of benefits, especially when you can separate it from uh, vaping or smoking or chewing tobacco or dip, anything like that. There's a better way to get your nicotine now, and it is Lucy lozenges and gum. Come on. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape. Throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. Mikey likes you listeners. Go to lucy.co and use promo code Mikey, M-I-K-E-Y. Get 20% off all products, including gum or lozenges. Kaboom. That's lucy.co. Use promo code M-I-K-E-Y at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use the promo code Mikey. All right, babies. We got all that business out of the way. Now I want to talk to you about training, breaking it down, giving you real deal insight into how to construct your training program. And I hope, I, I, <laughs> I hate to start off this way, but My biggest goal with this podcast is not to leave you with more questions than you had before. And I say that because um, I I kind of have to if I feel like I – the way that I look at training and the way I look at describing training, I almost have to get geeky because I feel like I'm doing you a disservice if I don't give you the whys. The fitness industry is very different (laughs) – than a lot of industries in that a lot of dumb shit gets traction and content is not only secondary, it may be three or four down the list of priorities where marketing is much more of the kind of paramount priority when it comes to selling information or products. As long as someone looks buff or ripped, you could get traction with anything in fitness. And that's very weird because it you could imagine if someone had was just an amazing guitar player, but they made millions of dollars selling a program where you never played guitar. Yeah, like oh, throw out your old ways of training and learning guitar. I don't want you to learn how to read music, tablature, fuck it. Um, you know what? Just throw out – I want you for the next two years. Just focus on violin. That's my cutting edge way. But 
I shred, so listen to me. You'd be like, well, what the fuck? This is really weird. Um, and, you know, look, it happened. more preposterous things happen in the fitness industry where people who look great can make millions of dollars and unfortunately dupe a lot of people, well-intentioned people, into false hope and disappointment. And I will start right out with saying, like, even the best training is going to come with discouragement – excuse me, with disappointment – you can't allow that to turn into discouragement. Even the best exercise program, the best training program put together by an absolute well-respected super scientific professional who also has the anecdotal evidence to prove it by going through that program his or herself and having amazing results and you follow it to a T, that is going to come with some level of disappointment. There is going to be failure along the way. Everything in life that is awesome comes with failure, and that's why it's awesome because most people experience that little bit of failure and then give up. So whether it be starting your your own business, uh, an exercise program, um, a uh, learning a new language, learning an instrument, all these amazing, awesome things, there's some adversity relationships, right? Good relationships. Even good relationships, they have their their ups and downs. You got to kind of massage out the lumps. But I'm going to break out the major guidelines and tenets of training to you so that you can really be able to construct your own training programs. And much like I tried to do with nutrition in um, the last podcast, I want to do that with, with training now. Um, the first thing I want to get out is that training is a stimulus. It's a, it's a stimuli that, um, elicits a certain response from your body. We are animals, human beings. The human body is incredibly adaptive. When you do things to it, it will respond and adapt to external stimulus when you eat certain foods, there is an adaptation to that. If you um, if you go years without eating certain micronutrients, um, there's going to be an adaptation internally. If you move from uh, Norway to Saudi Arabia, there's going to be massive adaptation because of the climate change, because of maybe walking in sand more. Um, you know, like the bones in the muscle, musculature and connective tissue in your feet are going to adapt. Okay. When you go out in the sun, you get a suntan or a sunburn. That is an adaptation to stim- outside stimulus. Um, think about calluses. Okay. What happens with a callus? You, you scrape or you create abrasions on your hands or your, wherever on your body. And it becomes like this rough, horrible kind of cut thing. And, the response is then to try and heal. But if you keep doing it, what, what happens? It becomes it, – the body just adapts by making it rough leather. And that's a really good analogy along with the suntan, sunburn analogy that I kind of threw out a couple podcasts ago. That's a good analogy to kind of represent what I want you to understand about training is that it is a stimulus that you apply to your body and then you're going to elicit certain responses. Different stimulus will give you different responses. Um, And there is really four major variables with that said stimuli. Frequency, how often you provide that stimulus. Intensity, the amount, like how hard or how light you provide that stimulus. The time, the amount of time you do that for. And then also the type of stimulus. Okay? So you got the F, what they call it, like the the acronym is FIT. F-I-I-T. Frequency, intensity, time, type. All of these play a big role into the effect you're going to get because they all play a big role into the different type of stimulus or or, – pressure or however you want to look at it. You know, the stimulus, it really is. It's, it's cause and effect, right? 
if you go out in the sun for numerous times a week, the frequency, and it is super bright, the intensity, and you stay out there for a long time, you know, that's the time. And the type of sun is that which is extremely, like take a tanning salon, a tanning bed in, in comparison to like a light, you know, California sunshine, you are going to get a different response than if you were to go to very infrequently with light intensity, you know, into, like I said, the, the mild sunshine for a small amount of time in a different type of, of exposure to the sun. Your skin is going to respond differently. There could be many variables. You could get very little. You can get just a little bit of vitamin D and it's nice little exposure. You can get a nice suntan or you could get a sunburn. And that's the exact same thing with, with training, not only with your musculature. You, you can't look at it that, that shallow. You have to look at it very thoroughly. It's not only the response that you get from your muscles. It's the response that you're going to get from your entire system. There's a lot of hormonal and chemical uh, reactions to training. And super, super intense training affects your body much differently than very, very light training. Obviously, super short training is going to affect differently than long periods of training. Training the same muscles five times a week is uh, going to be quite different than training the same muscle once a week. And, of course, intensity, you know, I've, I've already gone over in the amount of time. So, like I said, frequency, intensity, time, and type. When you are trying to construct your training, the first thing you have to do is identify the desired effect. Because you can't construct the cause until you actually know what effect you want. And um, a lot of people get in trouble because they want 11 effects. I want to lose 40 pounds. I want to gain 5 pounds of muscle. I want to increase my bench press. I also want to run a marathon. Um, so, Mike, help me out. What can we do? I go, woo hoo hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. There's, uh, there's a lot going on there. And uh, they all require a lot different cause all the different effects require a lot of different cause you know the type of deposit gets a different type of return so you have to narrow down and analyze what you really want and there's no shame there's nothing wrong and frankly it's probably best for most people Unless you are a competitive athlete in some regard, unless your body needs to serve a certain function, if you are a uh, police officer, fireman, military, or if you are a professional athlete in some sport, or if you are um, you're old or you're rehabilitating an injury, th- those are things that you should focus on. But outside of those, those things I just named – and just identified, and maybe a collection of other the others that I'm not thinking of. But you got you you get what I'm saying. Those are there's a couple little outliers, but for the most part, there's nothing wrong with just saying I want to look better naked. I want to look in the mirror and be happier with what I see. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, in the long run, it's pretty awesome. Here's why. Because don't, again, reverse engineer this. Don't just look at it as like, hey, well, that's awfully vain. I don't want to put that much effort just into I want to I want to have better health. I want to live longer. All that. I get that. And I think that allowing vanity to drive your your goals and your your efforts is a bit misguided. But look at it this way. Again, don't be so shallow in how you analyze it. Really take an in-depth look. If you are unhappy with how you look, let's say you're overweight or you're incredibly thin and you're, you're a guy and you're like, man, I just need some muscle, man, so I can have an actual physique. Either way, then you apply the effort 
nutritionally and training-wise, and you get progress into looking better, yes, superficially, you are driven by kind of a vain... I guess there there is there is some vanity in that in that uh, inspiration, but in reality, you're making a commitment to do something to better yourself. The latent benefits are increased health, undoubtedly, increased self confidence, increased self awareness. Introspection, a disconnection from outside uh, kind of approval. There's so much that goes into it, into making a commitment to change the way you look to make yourself feel better. And then following through with it, getting the results, you you will be inspired in every every facet of your life. And another thing that I think is grossly overlooked is that there's very few things in life, in the human experience, where you're kind of removed from outside variables, where other people can't, other people, places, and things can't step in and fuck you up. <laughs> In your professional goals, there's so many outside variables that come in. It's not just a matter of, oh, I, I, I work hard and I'm ambitious. There could be bosses that fuck you over. There could be uh, the market can go south on you and, and to something that you had no control over. You're, you end up fucked in the game. Um, your, your spouse, your partner loses their job, so then you have to take on another job that prevents you from focusing on your, your career in a way that you would like to. You have kids. You have a blah, 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 blah. There's so many things that get in the way of just pure hard work and ambition leading to your results. Relationships. If if just being a good human and being good to the opposite sex or the same sex, whatever, if it being good to people that are prospective partners and really wanting love was all that happened, all that you needed – Everyone would fucking have a great, healthy relationship. Probably numerous. But there's a million outside factors. Even in the world of athletics, if you want to get better at jujitsu, it really, really, really matters who's your fucking teacher, what academy you join, where you live. If you're in even close proximity to somewhere that's worthy of training, what kind of job you have that allows you to train how much, how old you are, blah, blah, blah. Getting the results you want and looking good naked, it's pretty pure. It's pretty pure. You want to you wanna look a certain way. You want to gain muscle. If you train hard and you eat right, you will gain muscle. If you want to lose weight, if you get in a caloric deficit and you sustain it, you will lose weight. No ifs, ands, buts. There's no one that can get in your way. There's certainly things that make it harder or easier, but there's nothing that gets in your way. And I loved that. There was nothing that prevented me from doing what I wanted to do. I, I made a commitment when I was like 19, 20 years old, then really stepped it up when I got clean. I was about 21. And it was like, I, I, could, I could look in the mirror and be like, look it. I changed myself and I got more self-esteem, not in a macho kind of posturing way. Like I felt better about myself. I felt like I could really do something. And I was making a commitment day in and day out to make myself feel and look better. And that really meant something, you know, and it really had a profound effect on every other aspect of my life. Okay, so let's get back to training. But I just wanted to point that out there, that you, when, you, when you identify, you have to identify what you want out of it first. Because then you can put together, it, you have to have the blueprint before you can start building the house. And um, there's nothing wrong with, and I think that the major, overwhelming majority of people should just say, you know what, I want to look better naked. Okay. So you identify 
the desired effect, you have to put together the desired stimulus now to get the desired effect. If you want to lose weight and look better when you're done, because look, there's, there's weight loss and there's weight loss. There's weight loss like the biggest loser. And then there's weight loss like the majority of people. They're like, you know, I'm 20, 30 pounds overweight. I want to look good this summer. I'm tired of not being happy with it. That's that's weight that's weight loss A. Weight loss B is like, you better lose some fucking weight or you're gonna die. Now, if you're in that category, I, I don't think that we need to start getting too detail oriented. You just need to start eating better, eating less. And let's commit to that. The, the the group A, the majority of people, I I highly encourage you to really analyze what weight loss means because you have been misguided a lot in just thinking that I'm going to expend a lot more calories and I'm going to try to eat less and everything's going to work out. So many people do that lose weight and then they're like well how come i'm a big fucking pudgy piece of shit yeah i lost 35 pounds and i'm i'm a bag of goo okay there's there's a couple things you need to keep in mind when you're trying to lose weight and not make yourself a smaller bag of goo you need to weight train or excuse me you need to resistance train Okay, so that we're getting into the, the T in the FIIT, the type of training. You need to resistance train. There's this pervasive myth with smart people. It's not like just dummy. You know, I'm not trying to sound condescending. It's a very understandable and very pervasive myth that cardio is king when it comes to weight loss. Maybe if you're just, like I said, if pure weight loss is your goal. If fat loss is your goal, cardio is actually pretty far down the list and and rather unnecessary. It you it, you can use it as a nice adjunct, but it's not necessary in any by any stretch of the imagination. Fat loss is so overwhelmingly driven by diet that uh, exercise is almost not a mentionable factor. But when you're looking at exercise, you have to put yourself in a caloric deficit and then resistance train. This is not open for debate. If you want to have results, results that most people want, you have to do that. And it can't be some it can't be some side dish to your training program that's built around, you know, calisthenic boot camps and then your 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 45 minutes on the elliptical. And then you're like, "Well, yeah, and then I'll I'll pick up these dumbbells for 10 minutes and that's my resistance training." No, no, no. Resistance training needs to be the foundation of your training. And that is something that I really want to hammer home. And that's one of the reasons why so many people don't get the results they want. Women, men especially, there's so many people, they write to me and they're like, well, I don't want to get bulky. So I just want to, you know, like if you can put together something like with, uh, you know, like a running program and some push-ups, I think I'll be okay. It's like, listen, bulky has nothing to do with anything when it comes to training. The size of your body... The size of your body is all dictated by diet. Bigger, smaller is completely dictated by diet. You can lift the heaviest fucking weights all the live long day. And if you are not eating in a caloric surplus, you are not going to become big and bulky. It, and... This is one that I will say is majority. of I will lean on the ladies here. It seems to be more common. Women have this idea that they're going to pick up a heavy barbell and then magically become a fucking giant jacked person. Listen, becoming a giant jacked bulky person as someone who has done it is not easy and takes fucking a, a really, really, really long time of highly concerted, focused effort. Okay? And it takes a caloric surplus. The virtue of weight training does not make you big and bulky. It does not turn you into a professional bodybuilder. Okay? 
So get that shit out of your head. The type of training, you have to have resistance training in there. I, and I have science to back this up. There is this. There is some wiggle room here, but the reality is when it comes to being in a diet, when it comes to being in a caloric deficit, heavy, intense weight training is better. That's myth number two. Well, I'm not trying to get bulk. I'm not trying to gain mass. I'm just trying to get you know shredded, so I don't want to lift heavy. Wrong. It's the opposite is true. When someone comes to me and they want to get jacked, you got to kind of lay off the weight a little bit. You got to pull the weight down and then go into higher rep ranges for higher amounts of volume. If, if you had a 30-year-old guy come to me and he's like, dude, I want to gain 20 pounds of muscle. Fuck it. Let's do I want to get jacked. I would prescribe probably one or two more training training days in a in a given week with maybe working with 60 you know 50 fit to 55% one rep maximum to 70% one rep maximum right in there for like 10 to 12 reps if someone wants to get shredded i'm like dude 6 8 reps for 85% and sometimes down into 5 rep range 85% one rep maximum. There, the, the elicited response from that is much better and will get you to the effect of fat loss much better than light weights for interminable amounts of reps. So you t- I'm, t- loading, I'm, I'm leaning on the type here and I'm leaning on the intensity. Intensity should be higher for fat loss. Intensity should be higher. Frequency and time need to necess- they for the most part in in almost in almost all situations need to be reduced. That's where you kind of make up for the caloric deficit. People make the mistake of laying off the gas pedal. And the reality is, is they need to stay on the gas pedal harder, but just do it less for less amount of time. That is far preferred for aesthetic training. And that is another reason why a lot of people don't get the results they want. They say, I don't want to gain weight. I don't want to get bulky. So I don't want to lift heavy weights or engage in heavy resistance training. And I want to do lots of reps with low weights. Wrong, 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 wrong. If you want to look better and weight loss is involved in that, if you're overweight and you want to look better, train hard three three times a week is usually good for most people. Super hard, harder than you think you need to. Three times a week for 45 minutes, you're good, but it's got to be hard. Put yourself in a caloric deficit and do it for a prolonged period of time. Combine it with that style of training. That is the best recipe for getting the desired effect of looking better naked. So you have intensity, type, frequency. I I do believe that three times a week is best for most people, even really fit people. Um. There's a lot of scientific studies that show if volume is the same, the amount of sets and reps that you do is the same, frequency doesn't matter much. Now, time, time does. That is probably – time and intensity are the biggest things that change the fitter you get. I don't think there's much reason for anyone to be weight training for or resistance training for more than 45 minutes. In fact, there's a lot of science to show that actually your your results go down if you're training more than that. Hormonally, it's not all that good for you. Now, if you're super fit and you want to get super duper duper fit, then you got to start thinking, well, there there might be some reason for me to train twice a day. There might be some reason for me to train for an hour and a half at a time. I'm at that point in my life. Not I mean, Again, I, I say that not as a reason to brag, but I, 
at 42 for me to get one more percent leaner in on body fat percentage, it actually does take a fucking shit ton of work. And I don't want to, there's only so many calories I can cut where there's a law of diminishing returns. So then my, then I have to add in the training. The training has to be augmented. The response has to be directly related to the stimulus. And so my stimulus changes. Intensity for me is very, very, very high. As I've gotten more and more fit, more and more lean, however you want to look at it, whether you're measuring it by performance or measuring it by how I look in the mirror, I've had to add in more volume and more time. And frequency is up for me right now in comparison to the majority of my life. The amount of time I spend training is up. Um, the overwhelming majority of us, I, I want to hammer this home. People think that, you know, more is better. That's so not true. Better is better. More training is not better for the overwhelming majority of you. And I know you're listening. You're like, well, I'm fit. It's like, no, I I really mean, I really, really mean when you get to the fringes of fit, you have to start adding in more time, leaving intensity high and then adding in more time and volume. That is for the the kind of the silly. At this point, it might be taking away from my quality of life. Let me put it that way. So time, frequency go down as intensity and type are are ramped up. What do I mean by ramping up type? What I mean by this is going from Zumba or going from low reps with some pink dumbbells to deadlifting heavy weights is a big jump in, in type as far as how demanding and how hard it is on your body. If I was going to make a hierarchy of training, heavy, heavy free weight training goes at the top. Does it mean it's the best? Not necessarily. What I'm saying is is that is at the top as far as being the most demanding when it comes to type of training. Heavy, heavy, heavy resistance training, deadlifts, squats. Free, free, free weight compound movements are so fucking taxing to the body, not only muscularly. In fact, for me, muscularly, as far as like when I wake up in the morning and I'm sore, they aren't harder on me compared to, say, lower, uh, higher reps with lower weight. That shit gets me sore as shit. It, it's just more taxing chemically and hormonally. Your central nervous system takes a massive beating when you go super heavy into the, you know, below eight reps. Um, Next in line would be super taxing machine training. So resistance training, but with some type of non, some type of controlled chain of movement, be it bands, be it machines. The next thing down the list on the hierarchy as far as like types of training and and how much you should look at them as being demanding would be high heart rate, high intensity interval training of um, the anaerobic nature. So, you know, the the intervals that you do where you get your heart rate up above, you know, zone four, that's. You get above 80% your heart rate max. That's pretty taxing on the body, but it's nowhere near as taxing on the body overall as, like I said, heavy resistance training. And at the bottom of the list is going to be your cardio, your zone three and below. The, The higher you get up on that hierarchy, the more demanding it is metabolically. So that's why another reason why I don't think people really understand the necessity to do heavy resistance training when you're trying to lose weight is that you're you're gaining horsepower and making your your motor less efficient. Do you understand? You you are gaining you're 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 building the engine bigger and you're turning yourself into a muscle car from a Prius. 
And that's why a lot of marathon runners and triathletes train so fucking hard but are still fat and gooey because you're adding efficiency. You're, you're getting your engine to get more miles per gallon. And that's part of that sport. That's part of the process of endurance training is becoming more efficient in the, uh, is becoming more efficient as your system needs less fuel to do more work in that zone you are not doing anything but harming yourself metabolically you step up that hierarchy getting in from the resist, uh, interval training to what resi- heavy resistance training you're you're creating horsepower making yourself more inefficient you're giving yourself a metabolic advantage as far as burning calories getting yourself to become more of a um inefficient machine but that has a higher red line so weight loss fat loss these are things that you need to take into consideration lean heavily on those things as high up that ladder you can get on the hierarchy of types of training the more you should do that does that mean you shouldn't get down low on the ladder too no i didn't say that at all i'm saying that the overwhelming majority the there needs to be a dominance of that type of training when you're structuring your training programs so even you people out there who are listening and you're like, I can't, I can't fathom that. I don't want to be muscular and bulky. I want to lean down and look better at the pool. How could, I, how could I possibly need to be doing more heavy resistance training and less cardio? How can I make my program? I love my Pilates. I'm not saying don't do Pilates. I'm saying if you really want to make a difference in the mirror, in the body fat department, in the holy shit, look at that guy, holy shit, look at that girl. I can't believe your transformation. Man, I I really like when you put on your bikini because you look so fucking awesome. You got to make the overwhelming majority of your training be based around heavy resistance training. Frequency, again, seems to be the least important variable in the FIIT. The, that, the, that F seems to be the least. If you enjoy training... You kind of need to train at a at a frequency in a given week that is best for you and your personal well-being. Families, if you got a family and a and a really demanding job, I don't think that high frequency training is going to make your life better. Maybe I'm that person because. Training and training hard has such a huge therapeutic effect on me and it's such an important and integral part to me being happy that I actually have to find ways to just constantly be working out and training. That's not necessarily everybody's cup of tea. Your frequency is the part of this where I go, this really is up to you. I don't think that going below... Twice a week of heavy, intense resistance training is a good idea. So I would put two as my kind of floor. I would put six days a week as the absolute ceiling. But if you, if you like to play with your frequency, just understand that the, the intensity and the time that you're training and the type of your training has to be augmented to fit that. I train twice a day, six days a week. That's 12 workouts. Out of 12 workouts, I would honestly say three of them are taking something away from me. Um, The other nine are either recovery workouts or skill training. So things like, you know, shadow boxing, head movement, um, uh, mobility, a lot of mobility training and a lot of low level cardio. Now, I'll I'll bump it. I would say six of them, uh, half of them out of 12. Three of them are going to be weight training workouts where I really go in there. I turn on the fucking hate breed on my ear pods and I go after it. Another three are going to be interval based cardio training. That is, you know, hill sprints or pushing your sled, um, kettlebell circuits, things like that, that are, that are fucking hardcore. Okay. 
so you got six there. The other six are mostly recovery training, mobility, and skill training. I, I had to augment that. I can't do 12 intense workouts. Uh, a 21-year-old professional MMA fighter may be able to do that. I cannot. So all these things have to be taken into consideration. So frequency, find the frequency that works for you. Again, I would put six at the highest. I would put two at the lowest um, uh, as far as heavy resistance training, which is needs to be the basis, okay? Intensity should be as high as you can safely do. The higher the intensity, the lower the frequency and time. So a great starting point for me, for your, you listening out there, you're like, you've said a lot of shit, Mike. And remember at the beginning of this workout, I said, or excuse me, at the beginning of this podcast, I said, I don't want to leave you with more questions than you had at the beginning. I'm going to give you the basic nuts and bolts where you should start. If you're listening, you're like, okay, you've given me a lot of technical jargon, but where do I begin? Okay, good question, valid question. I will give you that right after this very short break for me to talk to you about eBay. Yeah, buddy, eBay is the best. Why? (laughs) So many reasons. What can I say about eBay that hasn't already been said? If you're a sneakerhead, eBay's the place. Absolutely. Whether it's rare dead stock or latest releases, find the exact shoe you're looking for. It's the OG sneaker marketplace. eBay's the place to go to cop that pair that you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And for all you sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers 100 bucks or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. All right. So like I said, I promised you I'd give you the nuts and bolts of where to start. Start with three days a week of 30 minutes of resistance training. Three days a week, non-consecutive days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, whatever you can fit. Have a hinge movement, whether it be the deadlift, a sumo deadlift, Romanian deadlift, just do a deadlift. Let me simplify. A hinge movement meaning a deadlift. A squatting movement or lower body push, so that would be your lunge, your squat, your split squat, those types of things, lower body push. A lower body pull, which would be hamstring curl, a, uh, let me see here, um, a Romanian deadlift, a straight leg deadlift, um, a one leg, one legged straight leg deadlift. Um, again, you can hinge, the hinge and the lower body pull can actually be um, mixed together. So you could say lower body pull, again, we'll, we'll, the, any form of deadlift, a lower body push, any form of squat or lunge type uh, movement, upper body pull. These are going to be your pull downs, your pull ups, your chin ups, your rows, upper body pull, anything you're pulling. Okay. Now I like, you know, again, in three days a week, I like to mix in a vertical pulling. So, uh, you know, something where you're putting your hands above your head and pulling downwards in a vertical fashion. And then something of a horizontal nature where like a row where you're pulling at a, in a, in a horizontal way. Okay. Perpendicular to your torso. Um, and you're going to need an upper body push. That's it. Okay. So bench press, overhead press, incline bench, that kind of thing. If you pick the right exercises, that is legitimately all you need. Don't let the fancy fucking programs you see online or in uh, in the 
on the internet, you know, someone trying to sell you some fancy wazoo shit. I'm getting leaner and jacked, and I'm fucking strong for a 42-year-old. I, I will stand by this. I'm drug-free. I look I, – I have to say I look pretty good, right? I, I would say that I'm mostly muscle for someone my age, and I'm lean as shit, and I'm not overly bulky, blah, 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 blah. I do, like, fucking six exercises, honestly. All That's it. I don't really train my arms directly. I don't really train my shoulders too directly except for overhead presses once a week where I go super hard. Um, you need a lower body pull, lower body push, upper body pull, upper body push. And again, I gave you two kind of variables with the upper body pull. You got to have a horizontal and a vertical and then, uh, you know, horizontal and vertical with the upper body push as well. So like an overhead press would be the um, vertical and then the bench press would be the horizontal. So there you go. Let's see, upper body push with two, two, upper body pull with two, lower body push, lower body pull, one, two, three, four, five, six. So that's six movements. Have two exercises for each movement. So that's 12 total exercises. And do an A and B split. So six exercise, twelve, six exercises for A, six exercises for B. Two exercises for each mo- movement pattern. You got six movement patterns. Two upper body pull, two upper body push. Lower body pull and lower body push. That's six. Pick two exercises for those six. Each category gets two exercises. Split those two exercises up into A and B. Do workout A on day one. Do workout B on day two. Do workout A on day three. Do workout B on day four. And so on and so on and so on. Three days a week, A, B workouts. There you go. Build. Build from that. On two days a week, throw in some interval training. I like to mix in two minutes on, one minute off, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. So one workout being 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. Another one being two two minutes on, one minute off. I think that gives you kind of coverage over all the different, you know, necessary and, and desirable effects of cardiovascular training. So now you have five days a week that you're training. All of these, all of these exercises and and these um, sessions should take no more than a half hour. Okay, so we're talking about um, two and a half hours of your life every week. Half hour, half hour, half hour. I'm doing my math. You know, L.A. public schools. One hour, one hour, yeah. So two and a half hours to really make the the progress that you dream of. And I don't care how fit you are, that is a great place to start. And you can commit to that and just up your ability, change the intensity. So that means the weights get heavier. That means the distance that you go during those intervals is going to get more and more and more. Push, push, push that intensity. Until you stop making progress at that point, then you've got to start flipping things around. You've got to start putting variables into frequency, intensity, time, and type. So that is the most, I understand, that wasn't the easiest way to get through it. But that was, in my opinion, I tried really hard to think of the most thorough way that I could explain proper training program construction to you, whether you are already jacked and you've been training for 20 years or you are complete be- a complete beginner that really wants to make that difference. That is the framework of how you put those things together. And I don't want anyone to just mindlessly start burning calories and thinking that that's going to happen for you because it doesn't. That is what cha- the, the, the vast, the, the massive chasm between what is exercise and what is training. Exercise is getting sweaty in an arbitrary way. Training is focused. Training is calculable. 
It is recordable. It is repeatable. It is something that you can identify and then improve upon. And it is controlled and it is focused. So go do the damn thing. I want, I want people to be able to do it. I genuinely do. Because I, I, as I told you earlier on in the podcast, it had such a profound effect on me in every aspect of my life. And it was positive effects. All right. With the new year, we're all trying to eat better, right? Healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon is the best. It's better than any of your favorite children, child's uh, cereals. Any of the, your favorites from your childhood. Magic Spoon tastes better. I will. I, I defy you to, to prove me wrong. And it has 13, 14, up to 15 grams I've seen with the peanut butter, uh, grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs, carbs in each serving. 140 calories? Come on! Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And we've got exciting news for you. Magic Spoon will be releasing two amazing new flavors this month for a limited time only. I'm talking about cookies and cream and maple waffle. And if that isn't the most comforting, indulgent combination, then I don't know what is. This is the ultimate treat yourself combo, so make sure you get some while you can for a limited time. Or you can build your own box. Available in flavors to build your very own custom bundle. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. They all taste amazing. I know firsthand. Go to magicspoon.com slash Mikey to grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use the promo code Mikey at checkout. Save five bucks off your order. Boom. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee, so if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the code Mikey to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode of Mikey Likes You. And that is it. I love you. Remember, in this crazy mixed-up world that makes you think that nobody cares, I do. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.